0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. The following show is scheduled for one fall with a one-hour time limit. Introducing your host, from parts unknown, he's the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there
1: ever will be, Rodney Dion. Hello wrestling fans, it is the Sunday night main event, Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963, Rodney Dion here and Jack J Bonza, Concrete Davidson, they have decided to sit tonight out, but don't worry, I do bring back up in the form of one half of the Rocky Like a Harakarana podcast, And the Wide World of Wrestling podcast, Mr. Simon Tackler, who will be joining me very shortly to uh, basically chew the fat all about WWE, AEW and NXT as they made their debut on live TV on the USA Network over in the United States of America. But let's kick it off with the poll. Now, Jack J. Bonza, Concrete Davidson, they did put the challenge out there. They wanted you to choose between two songs that were featured on the WWF The Music Volume 4. It was Edge's theme music taking on Tess' theme music in a gym sort of psych up song. And Edge, as you would expect, won quite convincingly 77% to 23%. And that's why it's kicking off the show tonight on Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. You know wrestling source radio coast fm 963 rodney dion here and joining me is one half of the wide world of wrestling podcast and rocky like a harakarana it is mr simon tackler hello and welcome hello it's good to be back now uh a lot of uh meat on the bone especially in the way of world wrestling entertainment wwe uh we recently had a king announced or anointed is anointed the, uh, the right word, Uh, Baron Corbin to uh, much to the chagrin of uh, a lot of uh, wrestling fans out there. Not to the chagrin of me though. I'm very happy about it. What a performance he had.
0: You can go back, watch every King of the ring tournament in terms of a single performer's performance, match after match, Baron Corbin is up there with Bret Hart and Kurt Angle. I don't know. I just pulled the second name out of my ass. But anyway, (laughs) Baron Corbin did very, very well. All of his matches were great.
1: I think we're starting to see something with Baron Corbin as well. You know, ending Kurt Angle's career, um, a bit of a title, um, a feud between Seth and now this kind of time over for the middle half of the wrestling season. I guess you could call it, hmm. um, A lot of people are suspecting that he could, you know, potentially go into a Royal Rumble or another title shot, you know, closer to WrestleMania. But, I mean, that type of stuff aside, um, that's, you know, very much fantasy booking on my end, just saying those things. But um, I think it makes sense for him to, you know, to be the king of the ring, you know, have that, that heel authority guy, people saying that, they generally just want him to go away. But isn't that what a heel is supposed to do? We've sort of touched on it before. Are, we, are fans getting mad at stuff that they're supposed to be getting mad at? He's a bad guy. And, but you sort of touch on his wrestling prowess. Like, he's actually done quite well. He's been probably one of the standouts of the past few months. He's a great wrestler. Like, if we're just saying in terms of
0: in-ring stuff, for a guy his size, he's pretty athletic. You know, he's pretty fast. The End of Days and The Deep Six are two of the coolest looking moves anyone does. Um, I think Corbin's good. And I've said this um, before uh, to Rose from Triple M's Top Rope podcast. We had the conversation about him because he's a big fan. Mm. And I said, I don't know if Baron Corbin is the best bad actor or the worst good actor. But there's Mm. something about his promo (laughs) style that doesn't sound like anyone else. Like, I don't know if it's on purpose or not. But everyone hates him and it whatever he does works, intentional or not. So he's doing something right.
1: Well, uh, if you name drop, I can name drop better. Um, speaking with uh, PWA's uh, Jack Bonza, because I was all the the, the frame you know, how he just basically rocked up one day and had uh, no hair. And I was just like, oh, why didn't they do the hair versus hair or just or something along those lines? And then like, I think Jack Bonzer sort of said, well, because he was going to be the heel authority, he'd be- it was a- going to be a smoother transition to basically just have him come out bold as opposed to do the whole humiliation of him getting his uh, head shaved. And I guess in hindsight, I can understand that. I mean, I still would have loved to see that it happened like in, in the middle of a ring, but I can understand sort of, I guess, keeping his quote unquote heat or uh, as a bad guy, uh, just walking out one uh, night and all the hair's gone. I mean, let's face facts, though. He had a a great widow's peak happening. I think it was going to have to happen sooner or later, getting rid of the long hair. Yeah, he sort of
0: took the power away from the fans, though, and that's why it's funny, I guess, when you look at it that way. That is a great point. It was like, oh, you think I'm balding, do you? I shaved it myself, and I'm (laughs) never going to mention it. You know, he just (laughs) did it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think especially casual Corbin, the way he, he dresses now with his douchey gold chains and, you know, gold watch and wide brim hats. And yeah, I don't know. I think he's a great modern bad guy who also dresses like a real human. And yeah. I think that's underrated in wrestling. Cause sometimes you see wrestlers dress and you're like, yeah, real people wouldn't wear that. But you know, he's just like a, this big guy who wears real human clothes. I think, Here's my prediction. By the time the Royal Rumble comes around, the crowd is going to love him. You reckon he could uh, do the turn? Yeah, the, the unintentional. He's going to become a favourite of the crowd the same way that The Miz did at a certain point.
1: I think the best one that I saw probably in recent times was when Mark Henry was doing his whole Hall of Pain and yes. uh, basically Sheamus, Sheamus just came out and said, yeah, I'll fight him. And he was an instant uh, babyface. I think Corbin could have a moment like that. Um I think it was SmackDown a few weeks ago. It was basically just said, oh, Elias is injured, so he won't be able to compete tonight. Do we? He, he, do, is that something on face value, or was that – do you reckon uh, the creative said, oh, wait, we can't have two heels in the uh, the last match for King of the Ring, so we need to get Chad Gable in there? No, I, I felt like the Gable thing was intentional. Right. I thought they were telling one story
0: on Raw and a separate story on SmackDown. You know, Corbin, this slimy guy everyone hates who – with a mix of talent and also a little bit of cheating, made it to the finals. Whereas Gable was the underdog who hasn't really had much of a profile for a while. And he just made it despite everyone making fun of him for being the same size as virtually everyone on the roster. Um, So yeah, I thought it was great. Gable and Corbin have amazing chemistry. That mm. match was fantastic. That match was better than anything on the night of champions pay-per-view or clash of champions, sorry.
1: <laughs> and I guess uh, of King of Rings past, I guess this, this one has seemed a little bit more significant to uh, ones in the past with your Wade Barrett's and Sheamus. not to take anything away from them, but it, it kind of felt a little bit more like a big deal as it did maybe 15 or uh, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a a tricky argument. I can see both sides. Some people wanted more matches to happen in a single night, but I think spreading it out is what made it more significant because Mm. week to week we had time to sort of reset and discuss the next you know, bracket, the next part of the tournament. I think it paid off in the end because Gable, if he had those matches in one night, it would come and go and people wouldn't remember. I think yeah, but, people know who Chad Gable is now. And I think Baron Corbin got to prove week after week, you know, how talented he can be. So I, I think it worked.
1: And uh, one of the most popular things on Monday Night Raw, you'd have to say, is Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. The Feed. Uh, is The Feed or The Fiend? Because um, I uh, did a little bit of research. Uh, <laughs> we, we like music. Uh, the Misfits. And I believe Glenn uh, Danzig, he started The Fiend Club. Uh, And there's even a Misfits song uh, not done by the Danzig incarnation of Misfits. And I even created our own little meme at uh, at Says Source, uh, Wrestling Source Bottle on Instagram if you want to have a look at it. Basically replacing the uh, skeleton skull thing with uh, a picture of uh, Bray Wyatt in that crazy Slipknot mask. Yeah, I, uh, do you think the Misfits are going to come after them for that? Well, I did try tweeting Vampiro because he's kind of uh, in with the Misfits and some of the musical acts. I said, oh, so if um, if WWE were to you know start merchandising Bray White like this, do will we see a cease and desist uh, from the Misfits?" I actually even tagged the Misfits as well, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, no reply unfortunately.
0: You know what? If the estate of Prince aren't coming after the WWE for the Velveteen Dream, then I think The Fiend is okay.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But it, it is uh, entertaining to watch. Everyone seems to be on board with this and uh, going to Hell in a Cell uh, with Seth. Um... I guess uh, I don't want it to be a bit of a flash in the pan, like all this build to, I guess, kind of get beaten. But then, do you do you put the belt on a on a guy that is essentially like the new incarnation of a Kane or Undertaker? I mean, uh, it's interesting uh, what they will do. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Kane won his
0: world championship in a Hell in a Cell. It wasn't officially a Hell in a Cell match, but he technically won it while the cage That's was true. around. That's true. Yeah, yes, when he beat Austin. Um, and people thought, oh, would he win? It's been, it hasn't been that long. So yeah, I don't know. And look, the fiend may be new, but Bray Wyatt has been around for years now. And yeah. I think it's time to just strike when the iron's hot with him, as opposed yeah. to what they've done in the past, where they always backed off when they should have gone forward with Bray. He's never had anything like this before in his career I think he should win. If he doesn't win, I don't know how you regain the momentum for the fiend. And I know they say wins and losses don't matter and they tell us this and that, but it they do matter. Him being champion could be fun. It changes the show completely.
1: And it was a bit it was a bit of a theme with his career there for a while. He'd get this massive push and then like you said they'll back off or he would, you know, lose or whatever it might be. Yeah, so I think, I think I've think i heard that uh, your sentiments are basically within the wider wrestling community just to, yeah, just go full steam ahead and, I guess, see where it goes. And there's a chance that, I mean, The Fiend could be a good guy because I know Seth's uh, becoming almost like an unpopular Roman Reigns, John Cena kind of champion. So funny that that's happened, but it's just the nature of
0: internet fandom, not even yeah. wrestling fandom. Yeah. But, you know, you get to that point, you be, you become the underdog, but then you become the hero and everyone's like, nah, you're too mainstream now. I'm turning on you. Seth Rollins is still a hell of a wrestler. The match should be really good. But yeah, I think The Fiend is going to be cheered in the match.
1: And uh, you were talking about wins and losses before. We had a little bit of a Twitter exchange a few months ago with the release of Quentin Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and uh, a great scene with Al Pacino and Leonardo DiCaprio. uh, Essentially, you know, how he was getting jobbed out to all the major networks until they're kind of done with him and the correlations with wrestling and wins and losses and things like that. Uh, I've always said wrestling's everywhere, Simon. Yeah, that was an amazing scene. I was sitting there in the cinema, like, oh, my
0: God, that applies to wrestling. <laughs> and it was a good point. He, essentially, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, the analogy would be he's basically saying you're going to, you know, show to show and you're the be- you're the guy who gets beaten up. It's like a wrestler going to different promotions or having different matches against different opponents and always losing. You might look good, but the audience remembers you as a guy who's losing. I think yeah. it was a, a really good point.
1: I think so. I think we need to talk to Quentin Tarantino to have his last film be a wrestling film, perhaps. Oh, my God. That would be good. <laughs> i would say what is going to be fantastic. We found out uh, uh, on the latest edition of SmackDown that uh, probably the worst kept secret that Brock Lesnar was going to make a return. Um, all in time for uh, the Fox debut on air October 4th, I do believe. We've got Brock Lesnar versus Kofi for the WWE title, basically to kick off the new uh, show or the... Like, the yeah, the new SmackDown on Fox. I mean, where do you stand on this? Is SmackDown going to change if at all, or is this all just hype? I mean,
0: if Brock Lesnar wins the title, which I'm hoping he does because you know me, I love Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That's um, one of my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he wins the championship, yeah, it sort of changes the way SmackDown looks because, you know, that Brock Lesnar experiment over the past few years has only happened on raw. So I guess it makes SmackDown different. And, you know, a lot of people have been looking into every decision that happens on SmackDown as sort of some clue to what Fox executives want on their show. You know, Charlotte turning face, Daniel Bryan turning face, Brock Lesnar becoming champion. You know, they're sort of uh, people are looking into that as like, Oh, that's what Fox would like on their channel. Uh, If that's true, then, okay, that's pretty big time. They're huge stars. So I guess SmackDown will look different, even just simply based on those sort of turns and and roster changes they've made.
1: It will. And uh, I've got a little Kofi Kingston angle that I would... Actually, I think there might be someone else better, too, who can actually uh, pitch this. Just hold on there for a second, Simon. Mm -hmm. Vince, come here. Bro... What you do is Kofi Kingston knocks his head and he starts speaking with his Jamaican accent. So what he does is he goes back 10 years in the past because he hit his head and he doesn't fight Brock Lesnar. He just gives him the belt. I love it. That was my really, really bad uh, Vince Russo impersonation there. Sorry there, uh, Vince. Um, But yeah, it was more of a joke. I think I created a meme about this. uh, (laughs) uh, Kofi suffers amnesia and starts speaking with his Jamaican accent again. But it's all a plan to uh, get uh, Brock Lesnar in a false sense of security and retains the title.
0: That would be amazing. And Brock Lesnar is just like, who's this Jamaican guy? (laughs) <laughs> because you know Brock Lesnar didn't watch WWE in 2007 or whenever that was. Yeah, he was too busy uh, fighting in the octagon uh, with USC. Uh, yeah, that that's, I like it. And Big E can just start counting to five and brock's just super confused because he doesn't know these old gimmicks and xavier woods turns back into consequences creed and dresses like apollo
1: creed again and brock's just so confused he just cowers in the corner and starts crying because uh, kofi's like what happened to my intercontinental belt it's much bigger and has a big the wwe symbol what's go what's what's going on here well, that logo
0: didn't even <laughs> exist back then, so even Kofi can act confused. And Brock's like, Where am I? What's happening? And he just. It's blanked. bizarre, old Lamp bro. <laughs> Smackdown on Fox, <laughs> and that's it. Like, I'd watch it. Uh,
1: you're on Wrestling Source Radio, Coast of Fem963. Quick break, and we'll be back. We're going to talk about uh, NXT. They, uh, have, they've dipped their toe uh, into live TV on the USA Network.
0: Wrestling Source Radio.
1: And we're back, Wrestling Souls Radio, Coast Feb 963, Rodney Dion here, and joined by my special co-host for the week. It is Simon Tackler. And uh big things in the way of NXT. They had their first, I guess, live show on the USA network. The first hour there, and the second hour on the WWE network. Can you can you explain this for me?
0: Okay, so it's very confusing because one hour of it aired live on the USA network, the second hour aired on the WWE network. And supposedly, our friends around the world couldn't log on to the WWE Network. It basically mm-hmm. shut down with the demand of people logging in at the exact same time. So it got off to a bit of a rocky start. But in terms of the show,
1: it was very, very good. I got some stats here. Apparently, that first hour on the USA Network, 1.179 million viewers. Now, that's
0: not bad. I know some people might think, ooh, that's worse than you know the numbers we see for Raw and SmackDown. But that put it fourth overall for cable ratings for the night, you know? Absolutely. I think people, I think people overestimate what US cable TV ratings even are. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've wondered this for a while. Why do we here in Australia think we know about what a good TV rating in the States even is, if you take the time to look into it, WWE does great ratings. They're always in the top five, at least for the night and other shows that might seem more mainstream, get worse ratings, whether it's shows on MTV, like, um, teen mom and all of these reality shows, even the Kardashians shows like that, that are sort of in the mainstream eye because of, you know, trashy websites and clickbait and social media. They don't technically rate as well as the WWE does on average. The WWE is doing fine in terms of ratings when you compare it to other shows. We just hear these numbers from the Attitude Era that, you Mm. know, people always trot out. No show gets those numbers anymore except for, you know, the odd fluke here or there, like the really massive shows. So,
1: yeah, anyway, I think
0: NXT would be considered a success.
1: For week well, one. Someone who would know a lot about ratings and uh, fellow Australian wrestling fan, uh, Rove McManus, obviously he Saturday Night Rove, got <laughs> canned after two episodes for bad ratings. Uh, bear in mind, I think this whole thing was bullshit. Um, it's on a Saturday. When has a Saturday ever been we need you to get like the best ratings ever. Otherwise, we have to cancel you. I think that they not for the, 25 years. No, like I think Saturdays. Uh, you know, they've always kind of been up and down. It's it's when people go out and do stuff. I think Rove was basically uh, they they pulled the they pulled the trigger too quick on uh, Rove. Um, There And I've sort of (laughs) tried to mix that in there, and I've lost my train of thought. But I think for for a debut uh, live night, yeah, I think that's a a pretty solid number, and it can only get bigger. Um, But, I mean, let's just face facts, though. Uh, AEW, they're just around the corner. We'll touch on AEW a bit more in depth a a little bit later. But I think, you know, they go to their full two hours and full live on the USA Network, I believe, in October the 2nd. Yeah, October the 2nd. So I think, you know, doing this whole one-hour, thing on the show or on the network and then on the WWE network I think it's a smart way to go and it can only build on that I mean it can only it can either go two ways Simon up or down and I think uh, initially it'll go up I think so Um, yeah this is only for two weeks because of the two-part
0: finale of Suits which is a huge show over in the States and I never understand why people watch it but anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to compare it, what aired on TNT at the same time, which will be the home of AEW, they yeah. aired a movie and it only drew like 671,000 viewers. Obviously, mm. it's a rerun of a film. But in terms of, you know, what that channel does in that time slot, you know, WWE trounced it. They doubled it. So we'll see if AEW makes a difference for TNT as opposed to will AEW
1: affect wwe's ratings head to head but we'll see how it goes one thing i can say for uh for sure is i think it was a few uh, months ago i might have even said this to you i kind of I wouldn't say I'm the biggest NXT fan. I watch it very passing. Maybe if there's a big takeover and I'll give it a bit of a, a a bit of a look sees. But my biggest concern was that they'll build up, you know, great wrestlers or superstars and then put them on the main roster and they'll kind of just disappear into obscurity. And I was kind of, I kind of said, Oh, you know, NXT should be its own thing, its own brand. And, now it is. And initially, when I heard they were going live, I was like, oh, wow, that's really dangerous, that's really bad. Mm. But then I'm kind of contradicting what I'm saying even about it. But um, I've actually sort of come around thinking, well, if NXT can be a third legitimate brand, you don't have to, I guess, worry about the other big stars going on the other brands and being lost. I mean, that will probably happen in time. I mean, they'll sort of cycle through who they've got yeah. there. I mean, this is what they do. But I think it's a, it's a good way to keep – some of the NXT talents like uh, Adam Cole or, you know, um, Velveteen Dream, keep them hot instead of just taking them to the main roster and then being lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Yeah, I think they fit better with that crowd
0: who is familiar with them and sort of gets the shtick and buys into it. Keep them there for as long as you can until the crowd is really burnt out. Then introduce them to a new crowd. You know, no point moving Adam Cole or Velveteen Dream or Johnny Gargano just yet. It's not worth it. And now that NXT is a legitimate show. Yeah. Like you said, keep them there and then we can cycle the rosters down the line. I do want to touch on ratings just quickly. Sorry. It took me down a rabbit hole and I just did some Googling now. Sure. For example, so Suits is what aired in place of the second hour on the USA Network. Suits is a huge show. You probably know people who watch it here. A lot of my friends watch it. I don't understand why, but it's this big mainstream thing that people talk about. Water cooler TV, as they would have said, in the 90s. Guys who wear suits, yeah? Yeah, guys who <laughs> wear suits. They love it. <laughs> it drew just under a million viewers. Okay, Put so, that so, into perspective. It, yeah. Most people I know know what suits is. Most of them don't know anything about WWE. WWE yeah. does a lot better than that. So when people think the sky is falling in terms of their business and TV ratings, it's not. It's
1: yeah. fine. <laughs> and I mean, I sort of touched on it before with other people. I mean, with all, you know, social media, Twitter, uh, sometimes as much you could have a good TV program, but sometimes it's not necessarily must watch TV when you can DVR it or you can record it or series link it and binge it in your own time. Hmm. Yeah, well, that too. Exactly. That makes a huge difference these days. Trip, uh, Triple H. Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit before when we spoke. Uh, this has kind of been his pet project. You know, there's always been the things been like, oh, will Vince McMahon meddle with it? Well, of course he will, because, you know, it's WWE and it's his, that's his big baby. But NXT hmm. being uh, Triple H's baby. Do you think this was the plan all along or is this this is something that's just happened that they can do? Uh, yeah, I
0: think it's a, a happy accident. It worked maybe better than they ever thought it would. Mm. And they're just rolling with it, you know? And, and when people say WWE counter-programmed against AEW, NXT has had the Wednesday time slot in the, in the States for forever. That's when NXT has always aired. It's always aired Thursday Arvos here in Australia. Like... So I don't know but I think in terms of the move to the USA I think NXT just grew to that point as a as a brand it's almost like why not. You know, USA probably wanted a second show on their network. They lost SmackDown so it's like oh we'll, we'll give you NXT. I don't know, I think it's just worked out and it's good. You know. It, it the is takeover good, it... shows
1: are still great. So Yeah. It is good. I mean, it's good for wrestling fans, but uh, as always, we'll probably find a thing to complain about. You're listening to Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Another quick break, and uh, we're going to touch on the now competition, uh, Simon. AEW, officially known as Wednesday Night Dynamite. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a bit of a deep dive into that after this. Wrestling Souls Radio, Coast FM 963. Rodney Dion here, and with Simon Tackler. He's my special co-host for the night, and... AEW, I believe it was Friday our time, Friday morning, they have announced uh, that their Wednesday night show will be AEW Dynamite. Now, we kind of heard uh, rumblings or rumours of this, that it was going to be Tuesday night Dynamite, uh, but obviously now settling on the Wednesday night with the TNT network. Uh, it's uh, They may as well have just called themselves AEW Nitro, shouldn't they, Simon? <laughs> yeah. Close enough. When the rumor went around that it was going to be Dynamite, it was like,
0: are they really going to pick something that close to Nitro? I guess Mm -hmm. they are. You might as well play on that nostalgia. I like the name. I would have rather (sighs) Tuesday Night Dynamite
1: because, you know, it just has a, a nice ring to it. But yeah, I think it works. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit too picky here, but it, it, I feel it sounds immature. It sounds, it doesn't sound menacing like a SmackDown or a Raw. And I know they're, you know, they they're, they're another alternative. I, I I get that, but I I don't know. Just something about Dynamite just seems a bit cheesy.
0: Yeah, but Raw would have seemed cheesy when that debuted too like uncooked, uncut, uncensored, (laughs) as they used to say. Like, that's raw. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. And they would make puns about things being raw. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I guess Dynamite's good. Yeah, it's definitely cheesy. But maybe they're trying to tap into the cheesiness of pro wrestling. And instead of trying to shy away from it, like, you know, the main roster WWE is presented they're like no this is wrestling it's dynamite and we have pyro and you know yeah if that's
1: what they want to lean into I think it's a good idea I tell you what, though, uh, they kick off on October 2nd. October, if you're a wrestling fan, you are going to be in wrestling heaven. Obviously, as we just touched on, uh, SmackDown uh, moving to Fox, I believe, on uh, October 4 or, yeah, around then. Um, We've got your NXT going to be officially uh, on the USA network around the same time. And, yeah, October 2nd, AEW, Wednesday Night Dynamite on the TNT network. Uh, I touched on they may as well just have called the show Nitro. They are on the same network that wcw was on i would like to have a bit of a deep dive with executives and people there at tnt and kind of ask questions like you guys had a wrestling show you know 20 20 some old years ago you didn't want it what's different now i guess different people in charge yeah it's crazy you know right? people
0: say it was as simple as that one dude who took over Jamie Kellner or whoever and he didn't want wrestling on the network and it was that simple you know 20 years
1: corporations change someone's like "Ah, let's give it a shot even though uh, WCW back when it was like you know going down the toilet so to speak it was doing bad but its ratings were still better than half of everything else on that uh on that show on the channel or the the network
0: yeah I don't think it was ever a matter of the ratings being so bad that you would pull the plug completely I think it was a you know, a, a change in philosophy, a change of how the company wanted to present itself publicly, considered that it merged, you know, and it became a new thing, Time Warner, that AOL, that whole uh, marvel, mess. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's good, but there are definitely parallels. I mean, I know AEW is trying to put itself out there as, you know, the alternative when you were fresh. But... You've got Tony Schiavone, you've got Jim Ross, two Mm. guys who worked for the NWA and WCW in the early days and further in, and we've got a Rhodes running it. It's very WCW, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I, I am as well, and um, the big question is, and I've been tweeting and uh, sending petitions. I believe there's even a GoFundMe page. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, about hey, how can we watch AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite here in Australia? Haven't heard anything yet, but I obviously I get the whole you know you know look after your own backyard before you start expanding the hand uh, too far. But um, I mean, how how are we gonna how are we gonna watch it? Are we gonna have to get illegal streams. Not condoning that, but um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how that develops as a the, you know re- wrestling is a worldwide f- phenomenon um you know obviously the your big market is in america but uh, you get the likes of the uk australia here which is definitely a hotbed of sorts well what t- what channel do tnt
0: shows air on here in australia good question I think, yeah. I think that's the way to figure it out and work from there otherwise i have no idea like i don't have foxtel anymore does foxtel still have turner classic mu- movies
1: i they probably do i i mean i've got foxtel on demand which basically just the app and you can you know select shows like it was basically I, me and the wife essentially just had a big game of thrones like a lot of people um but uh, it's when watch the odd raw when i'm home in time and things like that um yeah. i have to double check but i mean i mean surely there would have to be some correlation or connection that would eventually eventuate but i think they're kind of just focusing on america as you would um but yeah it's just interesting what if it landed somewhere like stan Mm, that'd be yeah yeah, that'd be interesting
0: i'm I'm having a look here stan airs animal kingdom and claws which are two shows that are tnt original shows that air on tnt drama which will be (laughs) the home of aew yeah, and right. Stan runs shows that air week to week, you know, the new episode, you know, every Thursday, maybe that's but, the way to do it. And,
1: and yeah. it's just on demand every Thursday afternoon. Potentially. Or maybe there could, I know Fire is more of a pay-per-view type of, um, service that you kind of pay for, maybe something through there. Um, but I mean, I, I honestly don't think people would be paying, you know, for a weekly show, which, you know, they can, when they can watch Raw, uh, rule for free or, you know, somewhat free on Foxtel. Um, it It is interesting, but I mean, obviously with the whole stand, that's like, you know, a sitcom or it's a, it's a, you know, a very much well pre-recorded show that's been produced. I mean, this is, you know, live TV as well. So I don't know if that would be a challenge for like a streaming network, perhaps.
0: Yeah. And, um, but let's be honest, though. I know some of us who are lucky enough to work weird hours, we could watch it live. But for most people, they're working until 5 (laughs) p.m. So even if it only went online once it had already aired in the States, you know, maybe it maybe it goes up on Stan at 3 p.m. That way kids can watch it from school and adults can watch it
1: after five. Perhaps, I've just come up with a few names, heard about AEW Fusion, no, no, I think think WWE have done that, haven't they, AEW Livewire, no, I think, no, No, I I think we had that, that. yeah, nah, alright, well, Dime (laughs) it is, yeah. (laughs) What about, the other
0: rumour, what about AEW Elite Fleet, and everyone was worried that was going to be the name, that would have sucked.
1: Sounds like um, some campy, uh, like, sailing or boat movie or cruise or something or other. I reckon they're
0: going to fold up uh, Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager Wrestling at Sea, and the
1: third one will be branded as AEW Elite Fleet. I, I, I have fun with that. I, I hope they actually film either a pay-per-view or, like, a, one of the shows off the boat. I reckon that, that's, you know, different, hasn't been done. Maybe that airs as a pay-per-view,
0: and they call it AEW Elite Fleet. From it. from Jericho's second cruise, I'd love
1: to go on it. It sounds so insane. It does, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, uh, I guess the, you could say the sky's the limit. But I guess if they want to be an alternative, they kind of uh, have to think of uh, things like that. And we, you know, we kind of tongue in cheek, kind of sort of make fun of it now. But Eric Bischoff said that he tried to give pay per views different feels. That's why we ended up with things like Road Wild bash at the beach and it's not too far the apple's not too far from the tree when trying to make yourself different when I mean, he was doing it and kind of at times got slaughtered for it but and we're talking about now uh elite fleet for AEW so it's, it's just funny how things uh how f- funny things turn out yeah come on
0: we had Dennis Rodman and Jay Leno wrestle at a biker rally against <laughs> Hulk Hogan so it's almost like a, a game of you know just just random. Okay, so we've got Chris Jericho on a boat wrestling Jimmy Fallon or whatever. Like, that's that's what we need to try and come up with.
1: Take a good hard
0: look at the mm, boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Get, the, get the Lonely Islands on wow, a boat. my God. Andy Sandberg and the Lonely Island in a six-man against the elite. Book it.
1: Mate, right, that's got money written all over it. I'll tell you what else has got uh, money written all over it, or at least controversy, uh, to say the least. Um, not too long ago, Kenny Omega, he doing an interview and basically said, that AEW is not going to have any, uh, what's, what's the word to use? He kind of said, uh, you know, basically saying the guys at NXT are kind of developmental sort of contract guys. These, you know, these guys are the real deal here at AEW, which is not too different to essentially what Seth Rollins was saying a few months back saying that WWE is the best wrestling in the world. Uh, got slaughtered by the online community from it. This is very much the same, but, uh, Kenny Omega kind of being the, uh, Internet wrestling darling has uh, kind of not got the same reaction. Is it safe to say? Yeah, I feel like some people tried jumping on him for what he said,
0: but I don't know. I think Kenny Omega, the difference is we've seen him play that arrogant character, especially in terms of like him claiming to be the best wrestler. That's built into his character, whether you yeah. like that or not. So I don't know. He sort of just said it, and I feel like the blowback died down pretty quick. Well, why was it so harsh on Seth Rollins then? What's, what's the difference here in your opinion? I don't know. I think it's because Kenny Omega is the underdog in this situation. You know, Seth is the champion of the big, bad corporate mainstream sports entertainment company. And how dare he claim to be the best
1: wrestlers? Yeah. I don't think it was that. It's that simple. Uh, so four, one, one mania, um, quick share for you guys. Um, There's some quotes here from... Yeah, Kenny Omega tells uh, SK Pro Wrestling, whatever that is, uh, AEW will feature real stars, not developmental talent, uh, (laughs) when asked about the upcoming head-to-head battle with uh, NXT. And I think there was even a line in there saying that uh, guys on NXT would basically be in the dark match well before him. Yeah, and again, Kenny Omega is playing a character. You know, that's part (laughs) of it. Um,
0: I think he sort of gave that away too on Twitter. Uh, One of the... uh, uh, esports commentators, WSO Logan, tweeted uh, Kenny and Pro Wrestling Tees. He said, can we get a best bait machine shirt? And Kenny retweeted it with a gif saying he knows too much. So I think Kenny's sort of saying, yeah, I was just trying to you
1: know piss people off. And we touched on this before when Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins were having their little uh, Twitter feud. As a fan, I loved that. I thought that was amazing because, I mean, it wasn't too long ago where WWE would not dare say, you know, the three letters of TNA or Impact Wrestling because, you know, as the top dog, you never um, acknowledge a competition. But it's basically... I think all bets are off at this stage, especially with your NXT taking on AEW on Wednesday night. I think it's it's fun, and uh, CM Punk at uh, Starcast in Chicago a few weeks ago said, "Hey guys, you you do realize you can watch both, like or any type of wrestling, New Japan, WWE, AEW. You don't just have to watch the one. Like as a wrestling fan, it's there to be enjoyed. And I think things online and interviews like this is more evidence to that uh, to that notion." Yeah, and it's only more fun if the guys actually acknowledge it and take you know these shots here and there, you know. And what's interesting, we're we're fans of a uh, sports entertainment where we know the results are predetermined and it's a, it's a it's a quote unquote work, but we seem to lose our minds when you say the character Kenny Omega says. Oh, the guy, the guys over there—they're crap. They get, we we got the real, we got the real guys over here, and we're like, oh, what? He can't say that. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if
0: you know how old people are who are listening to this, but during the Attitude Era, you would read interviews like that all the time, and see signs in the crowd: wheelchair wrestling, extremely crappy wrestling. Mm. You know, Vince fears Bischoff. Like it became part of the fun. You know, you sort of know everyone's in on it and they're all making tons of money and it's only helping everyone. But it's sort of fun to play that game of like, you know, they suck. We're better than them like a sports team.
1: Absolutely, and I think, like I said, I've said it numerous times tonight. October, it's going to be a great time to be a wrestling fan uh, in general with with all the new shows, and this is going to be more there to enjoy. Um, Something I am going to enjoy, though, um, they released the brackets uh, for the tournament for the AEW tag team. Now, obviously, this was a big catalyst for AEW, given that uh, the Young Bucks uh, basically uh, who have helped create this brand with Cody and, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the guys. Obviously, being a tag team, they wanted to make sure that there was going to be a big focus on, the ta- on tag teams. Um, do, you, do you see that, that – is that, uh, is that a gimmick or is that going to be a real thing? Do you think there would be a legitimate sort of uh, genuine tag team competition? Because we have seen in WWE, they kind of dip their toe in the water and then you know, they either run out of tag teams because they don't have any and they kind of just put two guys like, example, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode together. Is, is the tag team uh, wrestling – is it sustainable?
0: I think it is, especially with what we've seen so far in AEW, considering, you know, the Young Bucks position in the company. I think we can rotate what main events are pay-per-view and what main events an episode of Dynamite, you know, whether it's a tag title match or a world title match or the women's world title match. Um, And they've got some really good tag teams. Absolutely. I'm all for it.
1: Let's look at the brackets here. We've got the Young Bucks taking on Private Party. Um, still, uh, you know, kind of, I mean, a lot of people would be kind of uh, getting to know Private Party as they're pretty new on the scene, at least on the, the on the big scale. Uh, the Lucha Bros uh, taking on Jurassic Express, which is definitely uh, a fan favourite of uh, pe- people, to say the least. You know, Luke Perry's um, son, uh, Jungle Boy, and the dinosaur, the dinosaur guy's name. Uh, Luchasaurus. That's the one, yes. I think that's... I love that. I, I, I think that's, that's amazing. And I think they're the they're qu- they're quiet favorite amongst fans uh, going into this tournament. Uh, Can the I up- just say
0: with those guys, JR was absolutely right during All Out to keep shoehorning his better alternative of what they should call Jungle Boy. He kept calling him Jungle
1: Jack Perry. That is a way better name than I jungle t- boy i agree and i think he, um I, i'm not sure obviously how uh, jungle boy feels about it, but obviously his uh father sadly passing um funny enough was his last role was in uh once a time in hollywood um yeah, yeah we, we, we sort of had the correlations to wrestling and there was another one there with uh, luke perry um i think that would be like a, almost like a, a tribute obviously it's his real last name but a, a bit of a tribute to his dad but i know there was a bit of a he didn't want to kind of get to where he is because of his name or who his dad was, which I don't think he really has. But, I mean, it would be a great tribute, to say the least.
0: Oh, he's made it now. You know, he didn't make it on the Perry name. He's made it. He's on a huge stage now on TNT. I think go with Jungle Jack Perry because it sounds better than Jungle Boy.
1: You know what I mean? Jungle Boy? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Let's look at the other half of the bracket. Uh, Best Friends taking on SCU, uh, and they will take on uh, The Dark Order, which had a buy, I believe, uh, that was uh, mm. predetermined in the last pay-per-view they uh, did. But some great tag teams there. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. Um, would the internet uh, wrestling community be up in arms if the Young Bucks were to take out their own tournament? I think they would. Yeah. Yeah. I think SCU
0: should win and have the Young Bucks go after them. Yeah, I, I like the SCU. What about even the best friends? I like them. I really like Trent Barretta. I think he's great. I think he, I'm surprised he didn't make it in WWE further than he did. I like his work in New Japan. I'm not sold on Chuck Taylor. He's one of those guys I always heard so much about. Mm. So aside from clips, in AEW, it's the most I've seen of him, I think they're really entertaining together, but something about him that I'm just not sold on, I don't know
1: what do I know, I'm just a, a fan maybe he can uh, win you over in the uh, coming weeks when we <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe eventually get some uh, AEW TV here in Australia, but yeah. um, I'll tell you what, like I've said, I've been saying it all episode, October, it is going to be off the Chisart, or how does your know.
0: wife feel about all this wrestling that you're going to be watching nearly every day of the week?
1: Yeah, i um, that i'm yet to break that news to her because i believe <laughs> it was it was a couple wrestlemanias ago i had tweeted saying my wife hates wrestlemania um uh, evil no what, is, what do they call it wrestlemania yeah wrestlemania evil no wrestlemania weekend yeah <laughs> um, it's like my wife hates wrestlemania weekend because it was like about three or four shows back to back i'm just like babe this is like the christmas of um you know the wrestling calendar babe like i i can't help it yeah and now that Smackdown is moving to Fridays.
0: That means it's Saturday here. So Mm -hmm. for all of us who spend time with our significant others on Saturday, it's almost like, yeah, not until I watch two hours of wrestling. (laughs) What
1: about you? What about your significant half? How does she feel?
0: She, she can watch wrestling like she goes to MCW shows with me all the time, but for some reason, she's not a fan of wrestling on TV like main, yeah. mainstream wrestling. So
1: no, I don't know. Fair. I'm just
0: going to have to watch it around her, I guess.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, I'm because I'm I'm a, I'm a, uh, a recent uh, subscriber and uh, Patreon to uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with their podcast. They're essentially uh, two comedians, um, but they're actually in a relationship and they love and watch wrestling together. And I'm just like, that is couple goals, Simon. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: But yeah. you know what? Sometimes you need hobbies on your own. So maybe the grass isn't always
1: greener. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'll tell you what else has been gold. Um, I always like to get a Chris Jericho reference into the show whenever I can. And uh, Fozzy, they did drop a new track, uh, which is called uh, Uh, Nowhere to Run, I believe. It's the new one from Fozzy. Obviously, uh, Chris Jericho reinvents himself like every second uh, week, it feels like, you know, with a little bit of the bubbly or just Jerichoisms. Or I mean, the the guy, I, I literally feel the guy could be taking a shit on a toilet and people would pay money to see it. Yeah, Chris
0: Jericho, (laughs) over time, has sort of won me over, and he's got to be
1: in the the conversation for greatest of all time. And here is Fozzie's new one. It is Nowhere to Run. We're wrapping up. Uh, Simon Tackler, thank you for joining me here on Wrestling Source Radio.
0: My pleasure, as always. been fun.
1: Wrestling Source Radio.